You're listening to the Business in Morocco podcast, the podcast that discusses all things business and all things Morocco. My name is Ryan Mimone, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Kirk, and our goal is to share our knowledge and experiences in order to help you gain wisdom, skills, and habits that can help you succeed in business and in life. You can learn more about us by going to our website, moroccopodcast.com. All right, let's get started with today's episode. It's going to be a lovely day. Welcome to episode 14 of the Business in Morocco podcast. Today we'll be talking about feeding your brain in the sense that you literally are what you eat. The cells of your body, your tissues, your muscles, your bones are comprised of all those things that you eat throughout your life. In the same way, your mindset and your thought process is shaped by the content that you consume on a daily basis. But before we get to that, let's get an update for the week. Ryan, what's going on? Hey, good to see you, bro. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good week. It's still Ramadan, going strong. I've got a video actually coming out tonight about tips for Ramadan. Now, personally, I'm not fasting. So it's not related to fasting or to the health. It's more related to the the changes in our schedule and how we adjust our habits, how we can make sure to still continue pursuing our goals even when it's Ramadan. And the reason is because if you're a Muslim or you live in a Muslim country, you will spend 8% of your life in Ramadan. So it's definitely something you've got to take seriously. What about you? How are things going? What's new on your end? We're still in California, but we've moved down south to the Los Angeles area, and it's been a good week. We've met with friends and family. I've continued to do some work, and we took the kids to Disneyland yesterday, which was a great experience. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I had been there more than 30 years ago as a child. But in many ways, it's the same place. (laughs) In fact, some of the rides have not changed at all. Uh, The characters, of course, have not changed. They've added things over the years. There have been new Disney movies, and now Disney owns Star Wars. So there have been some changes, but in many ways, it's the same place. Very clean, very professional, a an obsessive focus on the customer experience. You can tell that a lot of thought and energy has gone into the planning uh, of a place like this in terms of getting people parked, getting people moved around, getting people through the rides, feeding them, entertaining them. It is quite an impressive place, if for no other reason, to see a very good business operate and how they train their staff and interact with people. Very rarely will you see a piece of trash on the ground. They have people 
going around the park all day long, making sure that it's clean. After it closes at night, they spend all night cleaning the park for the next day. So they are very concerned about their brand and they make every effort to give a great customer experience every single day. And you know, that's part of the reason that we're there. I think it's a very American thing to want to take your kids to Disneyland. If for no other reason that you went there as a kid yourself, they've maintained the quality, they've maintained the tradition and the brand. It was a great experience. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Have you read any books about Disney, either like a biography of Walt Disney himself or a business book related to the Disney brand or maybe the current CEO of Disney? I know, was it Michael Eisner was the CEO for a long time? I don't know if he still is, but have you read any books about about Disney? So I haven't read any books about Disney, but I have watched YouTube videos and listened to podcasts which discuss his life. He is a perfect example about what we were talking about last week, which is there are opportunities anywhere in the world and there are challenges everywhere in the world. Walt Disney failed over and over and over again for many years, having to borrow money from friends and relatives. And he was often on the brink of bankruptcy and having to go get a normal job, but he persisted, he endured, he kept trying and revising what he was trying to do. And ultimately, his vision of a media empire and a theme park empire, it came into existence because he just never gave up. He confronted many, many obstacles and challenges along the way, but he overcame them. Let's get into the topic of the day, which is brain food. That which you allow into your brain will shape your mindset and the way that you see the world. And one of the best examples of this is how you see yourself. Do you see yourself as a capable person, as a skilled person, as a technical person? as a person who is able to overcome obstacles and challenges, a person who has the capacity to succeed and to get things done. If you view yourself this way, you will have a much greater chance of succeeding in life, no matter where you live. If you view yourself as a victim, a victim of your culture, a victim of your family, a victim of high unemployment or government policies, then you'll have a much harder time overcoming obstacles because your own mindset is going to be one that says, the odds are against me, the cards are stacked against me, it's not possible to succeed. And if you feed this narrative in your own mind that the difficulties are too great. My schools were not good enough. The opportunities are not good enough. The salaries at jobs that are available are not good enough. Then that mindset is going to shape the way you behave and the way you interact with other people. And it's going to limit 
your possibilities for success. So the question is, what story are you telling yourself every day? And what content are you feeding yourself to either support that story and that narrative or to push against it? And my recommendation is to be feeding yourself content that is inspiring, that is encouraging, that is educational, that helps you develop new skills and capacities so that you will have the confidence to succeed. Yeah, I completely agree, Rai. Um, one of the things we, we teach in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People course is that we all know that your results flow from your behavior. You get what you deserve and that your results flow from your actions. But your actions flow from your thoughts. They flow from your mindset. They flow from your paradigms. And so the author, Stephen Covey, said, if you want to make small changes in your life, then focus on your behaviors. But if you want to make quantum breakthroughs, if you want to make significant leaps and big changes, then you need to focus on your paradigms. And it's very, very true. I, I often share with my students the quote from Henry Ford, the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't are both right. And we kind of dissect that quote and, and break it down. And we recognize that it's your thoughts that lead to your actions. And so the person who doesn't think they can, who doubts their abilities, they don't put in as much effort or every time they experience failure, they're quick to, to quit. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. They thought they wouldn't succeed. Then as soon as they were challenged or didn't um, overcome something, they said, yep, see, I knew it. This is a waste of my time. I can't do it. And so they quit. Whereas the one who thinks they can, when they experience failure, they see it as just a, a step, a stepping stone towards success, like Walt Disney, as we discussed. And so one of the things that I do to help build my motivation and my level of confidence is I listen to podcasts, whether it's an interview or the podcast is from the founder of a business, where they talk about the history of their business and the history of their experience. And they say, I overcame these challenges. I had difficulties. But in the end, I persisted, I endured, I worked hard, I worked smart, and I overcame these challenges. To the degree that you understand that all successful people in this world have struggled, and they have had problems and difficulties, and they have overcome them, to the degree that you understand this, when you yourself are confronted with difficulties and challenges, you will realize that you're not alone that everyone experiences these problems and that if you just keep working hard and keep trying, you can succeed as well. And I would argue that that is one of the main differences between the United States and the rest of the world. People in the United States simply believe that it is possible to succeed. They see it all around them. There are many examples and just the culture of the United States is one of trying things and succeeding. And I will give you an anecdote that proves this thesis. If you look at many of 
the successful founders in Silicon Valley of successful technology companies. There is a disproportionate number of founders who have a syndrome which is known as Asperger's. And Asperger's is a condition where you don't always recognize social cues and you don't always understand what is appropriate and what is not appropriate given a certain situation. And the reason that many successful founders have this condition is because when they look at the world and they look at a problem, they simply don't know what to be afraid of or what is inappropriate given a certain situation. So they don't have the fear of trying new things and doing new things. And as a result, they start businesses and they don't know or don't care what other people think about their solution. They just go forward and they work hard and they keep pressing on past obstacles. And they come, with, they come out with these amazing solutions to these problems. That just shows you how powerful mindset is in terms of long-term success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, one picture that helps me understand it is the tree. And the fruits, the results, what you see above the surface are really determined by the roots and what's going on underground. And so if you have some poison or if the soil is too dry or there's not enough nutrients, if what's going on under the surface isn't positive for the tree, eventually you will see that in the fruits. You'll see that above the surface. And so when I think about brain food, I think about the the content that I'm consuming, that I'm taking in, is shaping my mindset and my thoughts which is all below the surface, it's not seen, but over time it will begin to reveal itself and the fruits, the results that I see in my life will be shaped by that. So if I listen to one podcast or I read one book or I you know, watch one inspirational or educational video, it's not gonna change my life overnight. But if I continue to do that, the compound effect of that in the long run is gonna be positive, radical changes. Today's episode is brought to you by SIST British Education. For 18 years, SIST has been delivering a British curriculum in Morocco and awarding bachelor's, master's, and MBA degrees from Cardiff Metropolitan University in the UK. SIST is a unique higher education institute which operates completely in English, with locations in Casablanca, Rabat, Tangier, and Marrakesh. CIS students are privileged to receive British education and degrees with worldwide recognition, in addition to accreditation through the Moroccan government. CIST has set a vision to recruit and train top students to be world-class business graduates. I've been teaching at CIST for three years now and highly recommend it. Check out CIST British Education at www.sist.ac.ma and choose the CIST experience. Now back to the show. And let's get real specific. When you're deciding, should I consume this content, whether it's a book, a television show, a movie, a podcast, 
a video on YouTube or a social media feed on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, the question you should be asking yourself is, is this content relaxing entertainment or am I learning something that's going to help me? It's important to ask that question because there is a time and a place for relaxing entertainment. But if that is all you're doing all day long, then you're not improving. You're not, as we use in a football reference, you're not moving the ball forward. You are not progressing. You're not increasing your abilities and your capacities. And so take some time during the day to stay connected with friends on social media, to do some relaxing activities, but make the majority of your content consumption things that are going to help you learn and get better. I would start by completely eliminating television. Fast. All of our listeners, most of our listeners in Morocco, it's Ramadan and you're probably fasting. When Ramadan's over, try fasting from television. Because one thing that I promise you, and I can tell this from my own life, if I look back on my own life and I say 10 years ago, do I wish I had watched more television 10 years ago? Absolutely not. And anyone who looks back on their life, they will never have a regret of watching too little television. (laughs) But you may regret not learning a language, not practicing an instrument, not developing a new skill, not reading a new book, not spending time with friends and family. You will regret those things, but you will not regret watching too little television. Yeah, that's good. When we talk about feeding our brain, the key pathways that stand out to me are my eyes and my ears. And so just thinking through the day, what are the things that I see? What are the things that I listen to? The content that I consume? And is that something that's benefiting me? That's bringing me closer to the dreams I have and the the aspirations I have in my life? Or is it something that's bringing me further away? Even some things you might think are just neutral, the fact that they're using up my time to me makes it negative because if I'm just doing some neutral activity, in reality it's, it's a waste because I'm losing the opportunity to do something positive. And for this reason, I focus my content consumption on people who are doing or have done the things that I want to do. So. I listen to podcasts from technology founders. I watch YouTube from successful business owners. I read books about doing business effectively. I practice language. I listen to podcasts in French. I watch videos in French, developing my capacity uh, to speak French and understand French. I do this at all points during the day. We all have the mundane tasks of the day, whether it's getting ready for work in the morning, commuting, doing chores around the house. These are all opportunities to be educating yourself through your ears as opposed to just wasting that time doing nothing. There are Bluetooth devices out there. You can get them in all sorts of markets and places in Morocco or on Jumia, uh, Point MA. These, these things are available. They connect wirelessly to your phone. You can listen to your podcasts or YouTube videos while you're doing other things. And this is one of the habits that I've developed 
Uh, I don't allow myself to do a mindless mundane task without learning something in the process. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's been five years now since I discovered audiobooks and which led to podcasts. When I think back the last five years, since I completed my formal education, I haven't been going to university full-time since then. I've taken some language classes on the side, but I'm not a full-time student. However, I have continued my education. I'm always learning new things through what I'm listening to. And when I'm walking places, when I'm on the tramway, when I'm in my car, even when I'm riding my bike, I can have my headphones in and I'm listening to business leaders, inspirational stories, people that I'm I'm continually learning. When we talk about consumption of content, a major factor in the daily life of not only Moroccans, but people around the world is the use of social media, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. Another question you need to ask yourself when you're on these platforms is, are you staying connected to friends and family? Or are you just burning time because it's easy? And we've mentioned this in past podcasts, but the designers of these platforms, like Instagram and Facebook, they design the app to grab your attention and keep your attention for as long as possible. And then they don't care whether you're actually entertained or whether you're actually being educated. They just want you on the app so that you're exposed to their advertisements. That is their entire business model. And they use psychological tricks and techniques to grab your attention and keep your attention. And knowing this, you need to put up safeguards so that you're not wasting large portions of the day doing meaningless things and consuming meaningless things like funny little videos and little pictures of animals or whatever it is that's in your feed that may be entertaining or may give you some momentary pleasure, but really is producing no positive results in the long term. What are some of the safeguards you're thinking of, right? Well, one is by doing an audit of who's in your feed. Who are you following? And what kind of content are they producing? And again, there is a time and a place for relaxation and entertainment, but it needs to be in moderation. If all of the people that you're following are entertainers and producing non-educational content, then you have a problem. You need to decide what you're passionate about and you need to follow the people who produce the content in that area. Are you an artist? Follow artists. Are you an entrepreneur? Follow entrepreneurs. Do you want to be a computer programmer or an engineer or a logistician? What do you want to do with your life? I promise you, if you look on YouTube or podcasts or Instagram or Facebook, you can follow people who are producing positive educational content that will not only be entertaining, but will help you achieve your goals. Yeah, that's good. Another simple safeguard that I've tried to use in my life is just the way that I lay out my phone and I design my phone. You use the phrase time and a place, which is a, a cultural expression we have, but there's a ton of truth in that because the people who, f who find the most value out of social media without falling into the trap of wasting a lot of time or getting taken down these rabbit holes 
are people who only use their social media in a specific time and place in their schedule. And often that means they've deleted the social media apps from their phone and they log on with a, a PC and do it there because there's less tendency to do that as just an escape, as a habit you build up when you're bored. So the way I've tried to design my phone is when I open it in the first page are all the applications that are useful to my life. So my Audible books, my Kindle reading, I have the Bible on there so I can read the Bible. I have my language learning apps. These are the apps that are the most useful to my personal development and my growth. You have to swipe over to get to social media. And Facebook, I've got buried as deep as I can so that I have to make multiple steps to check it because I find it to be the least valuable social media application. I'm gaining the least from being a part of Facebook. I'd like to relate this also back to a previous topic we've had in a podcast on deep work. Setting down your devices, setting down your screens, sometimes the best way to spend time is with a book. And the reason is that books often take months, if not years, of research and thought and development to produce complex ideas that are well supported and documented. Whereas this day and age, a lot of the content, even the good educational content that is put out on Instagram or YouTube or, or Facebook, it is much shallower, meaning it's not as in-depth, there isn't as much written, it's not as well supported, maybe not as much thought went into the content. And so a significant portion of your consumption, your brain food, should be in the form of books because mm. especially today the quality of the content in books tends to be of a higher level yeah yeah it makes sense i could throw together a blog post in 45 minutes and slap it up on a website same thing with a youtube video it's going to take a little longer maybe to edit it etc but the difference between that and publishing a book is huge and so the harder something is, the bigger the barrier is to produce it, the more thought's gonna go into it, the more value we're gonna gain from it. You know, one, one story that helps me understand this idea of brain food, a number of years ago, my family and I moved to Quebec in Canada. And my daughter was gonna go into kindergarten with almost no French. And I knew that her kindergarten teacher didn't speak any English, and so she was gonna show up as the new girl in school and not really have any idea what was going on. She would just hear a bunch of words around her and not really be able to understand it. And what I told her in her little you know, five-year-old mind was, okay, you have this empty treasure box, and all day long you're gonna be hearing things, hearing things, most of it is gonna go right by you, but all you need to do is try to get one word one thing you understand and that's like a treasure and you put that in the box and that's the successful day and the next day you you get another little bit of treasure and you put it in that box and weeks and weeks are going to pass and you're not going to know what's going on yet you're still not going to fully understand and you're not going to be able to say anything but if you continually add treasures eventually that box is going to fill and there won't be any more space and it's going to start 
to spill out in your words. You're going to hear these words, you're going to understand them, they're going to become familiar to you, and eventually it's going to start spilling out, you're going to start speaking. And it's the same with all the content that we're consuming. We would be foolish to think it's not affecting us or it's not impacting us. The ancient wisdom says you reap what you sow. And that means if we're taking in these ideas, if we're exposing ourselves to relationships, people around us, content we're consuming, things we're listening to, eventually the fruit is going to show itself in our lives. You've been listening to the Business in Morocco podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk, here with my co-host Ryan Maimon. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download our entire library of podcasts on our website, moroccopodcast.com, where you'll also find extra resources related to each episode in the show notes, including a transcript of the show. If you've got a question or topic you think we should cover on the podcast, fill out the form on moroccopodcast.com or email us at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Our theme music is Lovely Day by Bill Withers, used under Creative Commons, and we hope you'll have a lovely day doing business in Morocco. We'll see you next time.